Texas, and joining us right now is Barracks uh, CEO Mark Bristow. Good morning to you. Morning, Andrew. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we even just get into the numbers, just give us a little bit about what the experience has been like, uh, what you've been able to do, what you've not been able to do uh, during this pandemic. Well, it's unprecedented, as we hear from everyone. Um, yeah, we, but I think that the team has done an amazing job. As you know, uh, we, we merged Rangold and Barrick last year. This time, 1st of January last year, we set out to build a different-looking company, flatten the management, make it more accountable at the site, and, uh, and that put us in good stead to be able to manage this crisis on the ground. And of course, coming from Africa, we're quite used to pandemics and managing particularly viral uh, pandemics. And um, and so we were quick out the blocks, focus on our uh, people and our community and, uh, and also manage this crisis. I think that's the big thing, uh, like any crisis, it's how you manage it that's so important. So one of the things you've done, though, is you bought what I, I, I was reading in the, the Financial Times, 800,000 antibody test kits. Have you gotten them already? Are you, are you distributing those yet? Yes, we've, so we've uh, rolled out the first lot in, um, in Dominican Republic. We have a partnership with the mining industry, uh, with uh, Argentina, and, of course, uh, across Africa. We're still uh, struggling to get the, the uh, accreditation from some of the authorities uh, in North America. And, and what's it been like in terms of employees coming to work, not coming to work? What other types of testing are you doing, not doing? What does it do to your quote unquote supply chain? So, you know, we grew up with uh, the two bouts of uh, um, uh, um, Ebola uh, 2013 and, and more recently in the DRC. And the key thing about any vi uh, viral uh, uh, crisis is to uh, screen, screen, identify, isolate, test. And, uh, and so that's what we put in place across uh, barracks organizations, 14 different mines around the world uh, early on in, uh, in February already. And it's really that focus, uh, most importantly, to, uh, to screen, uh, temperature screening and also questionnaires, understanding where people are, how they feel. If there's any sign of symptoms, isolate and then right. trace all the contacts, isolate that. So we've reached a peak now in all our isolation, particularly in Nevada. And, uh, and we're starting to see the number of people in isolation. We actually had a meeting last night. We went up to... Uh, about 58 people, and now we've brought it back down. 85% of those are back at work. And it's about really managing the situation on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. So what do you make of the, the increase in, in the price of gold itself uh, over these past couple of months as a result of this pandemic and, uh, of, and of all of the, the money printing that's going on, uh, not just here in the United States, but around the world? So we saw that in uh, two, leading up to the 2008 crisis and then beyond that. And then, you know, I think the, the world has quickly reverted to quantitative easing, managing a, a series of crises 
between uh, the, the 2008 uh, financial crisis and today. And of course, uh, with the, the response to the COVID-19, as you point out, we've taken that quantitative easing to a different level. And of course, that puts pressure on paper money and, uh, and, and, uh, and you measure that with the price of gold. And you've seen the price of gold go up in all currencies across the globe in recent times. And so, but is your expectation that that's a temporary phenomenon? Do you believe that this is going to be a long-term phenomenon? We've had people like Ray Dalio come on and say that, you know, over the next decade, given the amount of, of, of printing that's gonna, gonna happen, the value of a, a paper dollar by default is going to go down and people are going to look for safe havens like gold. Yes, and I think we've seen that very big change in the gold price in dollar terms and other currencies uh, post uh, the turn of the century. And, uh, and, I, and again, it's how does this economy come back to where it was? And that's always a difficult, uh, you know, that's really the challenge is how are we going to get back to a, a better situation? And how do you... Um, get back the the money supply that's been pumped into the economy now. And that all drives the gold price. On top of that, there's a technical aberration as well because new gold supply is predicted to continue to decline. So gold supply, a technical support for gold price, is also um, uh, adding to the uh, sort of underpinning of the gold price going forward. Hey, Mark, I'm just... I mean, that's an old story, obviously, the, the, the printing. And, and I'm just wondering what happened eight, nine years ago. When, when were we close to 2000? We almost got to 2000. And then, in the face of unprecedented QE infinity that we went through and staying at, uh, you know, the Fed staying, uh, you know, at, at very low levels and central bankers around the world going negative, we've had that environment for seven, eight, nine years. And gold was all the way up where, you know, everyone was forecasting it was going to go through 2000, you know, and all the usual suspects are talking about 5000 and $10,000 gold. And with all that printing and all that central bank action, we never got through back through 2000. And, and all, you see the big saucer bottom. Why didn't it happen then? So, Joe, the, the, I mean, if you look at that graph you've got on the, on the, on the slide, You've seen a shift in the gold, the base of the gold price, and and certainly we saw, you know, the the the, the added um, uh, demand from China drove that initial gold price post 2005, uh, as we came out of the hedging crisis, and then of course the uh, the mining industry itself added a whole lot of supply on the back of that rising gold price. And in fact, in the process, destroyed a lot of value and a lot of people that owned gold stocks at that yeah. time didn't get the benefit of it. This is different because during that trough that you talk about, we've learned a little bit of discipline in our yeah. gold industry and we've focused more on ensuring that you have that insurance and that you got the tension to be able to deliver that, um, that insurance policy given the unprecedented times yeah. that we've experienced in the last couple of weeks. Mark, that looks like, I mean, chartists are one thing, but that's a real, that's a long base to make. And it looks like a new level, like you said, where this is probably the low for the, for, who knows, but for the future. And 
you know, it looks like from there, from where it is, you know, it, it could go anywhere, you know, through 2,000, through 3,000 right. at this point from, from just looking at, at the long-term base that it made, that saucer bottom. That must be pretty bullish, uh, Andrew. So, so for Barrick, you know, we allocate capital at $1,200, so it's a very good position to be yeah. in right now. It looks pretty, looks like it had a long time to consolidate and, and build a base and head higher, Andrew. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you, Mark. Given that the price has moved higher, your, your base cost, I believe, as you just said, was, was $1,200. Do you anticipate more people now jumping in? And what does that do? This is sort of the, uh, similar to the oil story to some degree. Yes, when but the, price moves the difference up. is we don't, we don't have reserves in, in our industry. And we've been constantly exploiting lower and lower quality gold resources as the gold price has gone up. And we are not prepared as an industry for this uh, this extra demand. Uh, Barrick is a different business. As you know, you hosted uh, some of our deals last year where yep. we look to mm -hmm. really consolidate and build a quality uh, base to our business. And uh, and so we have a 10-year plan at $1,200 gold. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this situation is what we are all about, giving our investors an opportunity to have a self-funded insurance policy against a global financial crisis. By the way, people were talking about this before COVID-19 arrived on the scene. Everyone was worried about whether we were closer to the top than sort of further back down. Everyone liked, and as you know, right. uh, big bull markets, everyone never looks at the bottom or, or the turn. And w what we got from COVID is a, a push over the edge.